Welcome to At The Root. I am your host, Greg Kuiper, and this is the place and time we talk about connection every week. Not Wi-Fi connection, not Bluetooth connection, not a flight connection, but emotional connection with others and with ourselves. And yes, I did say emotional connection with ourselves. How can we possibly have connection with family members, friends, or our partners at a sincere emotional level if we haven't figured out how to have that kind of connection with ourselves? These are the kind of topics we're going to talk about on this show, and I hope you will join me each week as we go on this discovery together. I am a practicing psychotherapist, just to let you know where I'm coming from. I'm also a holistic life coach and a recovering addict and alcoholic. And I am joined today once again by my good friend and producer, Stacy Heller. Hello, Stacy. Hello. I Hi. love this conversation. It's, I'm telling you, it's my weekly therapy. <laughs> well, I'm so glad. <laughs> and I'm better for it. All right. Well, you know, I was thinking this week about uh, some of the things we've been talking about the last couple, three weeks. And um, this is the fifth show, I guess. Um, I want to summarize just a little bit something we've been talking about and, and, and I don't know, pull it all together. The, the, the proverbial nutshell, you know, if, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so connection has been this common denominator of our discussions, right? In particular, emotional connection. Connection with others, with people, other members of our species. We can speak to this from an evolutionary psychology standpoint, one way. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it makes sense to people out there that through evolution, we have developed genes that provide us with an innate need for this connection. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Or we can speak to this from a, stu- a spiritual standpoint. You know, we, we may have a belief that we are all part of a collective consciousness with all things. And as such, there is a natural connection among us, which we need to nurture. Or maybe... You have a religious belief that this connection with others is a sacred gift from God. Regardless, we're not going to have a debate about that right now. Who's right or wrong or good or bad. We're not going to go there. That would that would not work. Yeah, no. Although I, I would like to, um, I love that you made a, you differentiated between spiritual and religious. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I think, I agree. And I think that's an interesting thing because not everyone participates in organized religion, but you can still be spiritual. That's right. So. Um, yeah. And, and you know, where I'm coming from with this is that nobody really knows what consciousness is, where it comes from. I mean, nobody knows. We try, religious leaders try, psychologists try, scientists try to explain consciousness, put a definition to it. This is where it comes from. This is what it is. And nobody's been able to do it yet. Absolutely no one. There's no proof, no evidence, no real definitive answer to that question of what consciousness is. And it really doesn't matter for the purposes of this conversation. Okay, what is pertinent is that regardless of what we believe or hold to be true, our need for connection with others is there, and particularly emotional connection 
And that emotional connection comes from consciousness. So last week or the week before we were talking about, uh, we decided that emotional connection, we keep using that term, means an attunement with others, mm-hmm. tuning into other people. And we described attunement as the reciprocal exchange of sensitivities and awareness. So if, if you were with us last week or have listened to the podcast from that uh, show, you remember that I asked you to center yourselves and think of one person in your life that you know you experience this attunement with the transparency and vulnerability of sharing your deepest feelings and thoughts freely with this person. And I asked to see if you could bring back into your current awareness what that was like. So that is attunement, that feeling that goes along with being able to share like that. So that I was have to a, tell you. That was a Go powerful, ahead. I was just going to say, that was a very powerful exercise last week um, going through that. And um, and it, it's, you know, I have the benefit of listening each, each week. And um, I actually worked on doing that a couple other times throughout the week. And uh, man, it's hard, but it was great. You know, it is hard. And I asked class to do that for me. Um, and I have to tell you, there's, a, how do I say this? There's a fair amount of people out there that struggle with finding this connection uh, in their life. You know, somebody that they've had that with, or at least remembering it, mm-hmm. right? Bringing it back. Um, we've mentioned that infants, we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. Infants come into the world with this attunement already built in. I mean, they're ready to go. They openly share their sensitivities and what awareness they have with us. I mean, it's just, they're raring to go with that. They don't share any thoughts, of course. They don't have those yet. Well, and it's it's obvious. They don't have to articulate it. It's very clear. Right. right. (laughs) It's very clear. But, hmm. you know, maybe that's what makes it too difficult for us later in life. You know, the just thought of that the sharing of thoughts mm-hmm. remind me that let's get into that more in the weeks to come you know that i'll make a note <laughs> okay thank you because i'll forget I gotcha. but the, 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 the thought part of that may be part of this difficulty so attunement is being able to be vulnerable and share our deepest emotions and thoughts transparently with someone else who can do the same with us. Finding the trust to be able to do this mutually, back and forth. It's hard. Mm -hmm. That is what we understand this emotional connection to be that we keep talking about. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but what does it mean for us in our day-to-day lives? I don't know. Tell me. Tell me. What, what does it mean? What does it all mean? Uh, you know, I'm waiting with bated breath. Well, me too. No, I was thinking about this earlier. 
you know, it's, it's, um, so many people, I mean, we just cruise along on this autopilot we've been talking about and it, and we're okay, right? We're okay. We, what, what do I need to be vulnerable for? What do I need this for? I mean, yeah, okay. Maybe I don't have this attunement uh, like other people do or, or at all even. I don't know. But why do I need it? What's, what's the big deal? I'm doing okay. I function. Uh, you know, I'm making a living. My family's okay. You know, um, I'm a functioning member of society. So what is this whole thing about attunement? What, what, what is it? Why do I need it? Right? Right. And I find that a lot in people that, that I work with that come in and it, it's, and it goes back to this autopilot thing. We've been cruising along so long. This is just, this is easy. I'm fine. I've got this down. I've been practicing this for years. It's all good. But then they will bring to me problems or issues that are happening in their lives, right? So, you know, I work with couples and relationships. And no matter what the issue that comes into the sessions, you know, it could be conflict resolution, intimacy issues, trust and betrayal, that's a big one, or just communication. They're not communicating very well together. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, most of the time, it boils down to lack of attunement between the two. They're not tuned into each other. Sometimes years and years, they exist this way for years and years and years. I mean, 30, 40 years. And I, I, I use the example of the, of the couple that came in and, you know, all their kids had, had, had left the nest. They're all gone. And now they're stuck together and he retired. And so now they're at home together all the time. And she um, wanted to do the, the counseling. And he came in, and I, I think I've told this story before, but he, uh, he was sitting there with his arms crossed and looking down at the floor and a little bit of a frown on his face. And, and I asked her first what, you know, what brought them there. And she went on and on for quite a while. And uh, it was all about him, of course. And, and finally, I stopped her, and then I turned to him, and I said, hey, why are you here? What, what, what's brought you in here to this and, and he just looks at her and goes, she did. <laughs> you know, she's, she's always telling me, Greg, that I am not present in the relationship. And I have to tell you, I am present. I am here right now. I always have been. And that's the problem we're having. And, uh, and this had been going on for all those years. And then here at the end, when they're stuck with each other, well, that's not the right thing to say. Well, yeah, it is. They're stuck with each other. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what to do because they've probably never been in a tomb. That's a terrible thing to say, but probably even way back when. And that's not a good place to be at that point in your life. No, it, and it, it becomes so it, obvious. Yeah, and it's, it's just like this 
uneasiness that that exists between two people like that that it, it's like uh, a scary place that they've never been and it you know nervous what are we going to do mm-hmm. whose fault is this you know and they're always a lot of times we want to blame each other but most of the time these couples um realize that they've just become buddies friends and and not very good friends at that but you know they're just they exist together they live together and they just keep going on until something you know has to has to what's the word something has something clicks or something has to something has to give right and mm-hmm. in this case it was this woman the, the, her it was she'd had enough basically and she wanted to change and you know so if if people are in a relationship like that out there one or both of you are out of tune that's how attunement plays into this so yeah, you can exist and go on for a long time out of tune, but it's going to catch up with you sooner or later, I think. I mean, that, yeah. Well, I mean, you're seeing it in your practice all the time. That, yeah, I do. You know, I think distraction is plays oh. a huge part in, in not being attuned. You know, in the beginning, you're maybe yeah. attuned, hopefully, when you're first you know, dating, and then you're early on in your relationship. But then all of a sudden, life, work, kids, financial responsibilities, et cetera, et cetera, suddenly those are all distractions and you forget to remain attuned to each other. You know, and I mean, a lot of times in those conversations, I'll ask, you know, do you remember, can you go back, both of you go way, way back and remember what it was like when you first fell in love? And Sometimes they can, but it's been gone on, going on for so long that, that a lot of times they just don't even remember that, that playfulness, you know, that, that you got to call them every five minutes because you, you're missing them, you know. Right. And, well, and that, and, that know, feeling, yeah. the thing that you had us do last week where, you know, we think back to a time when we had that attunement with somebody, it's, right. you know. It's hard for some people to like, oh, yeah, you weren't always nagging. <laughs> right. right. And, you know, I have run into a number of people um, that started their relationships, you know, like late junior high or high school, right? And they were best friends. And it just kind of naturally evolved into getting married. And they don't even know if the attunement was ever there. It was just kind of, hey, we've been together so long, we just should get married. Right. And that's a tough one, too. And then you look at parents and teens. Oh, my, oh, my. You know, <laughs> you've been there. Have did You had... Four. Yeah, I know. But you had... <laughs> I'm like, four. You had, you had four at the same time, though, right? Four, you had four teens at once for a little bit, right? Well-ish. I mean, there's a six-year yeah, age so, difference between them, so. Okay. Well, I'm not trying to get personal here. I'm just, I'm just thinking of that, 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 that intensity. You know, I, here's a story for you. I, I, um, 
met with a woman uh, who had 15 children. And I wait know, on purpose, <laughs> like yeah, combined that, that really came out on, wrong. <laughs> on purpose, was it a combined like marriage or was it? Did no, she, she had wow. 15 children. Okay. Um, with, with, they were the same man. They've been married for a long time. They had 15 children, but she told me she had five teenagers at a time for 11 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's, uh, so you can imagine, I mean, you can imagine the frustration. It's, it's the interactions with teens and parents is, you know, frustrating. There's anger, there's hopelessness, loneliness, and resentment start building up. It can oh, be sure. overwhelming, right? And it can be overwhelming for both sides, parents and the adolescents. And it just gets worse. I see this until no one wants to talk to each other because that's semi-safe. We just don't talk. We just, you know, you know, if you need a ride, tell me, but that's about it. Right. Um, so if that's happening in your family out there, right, you are out of tune. And so, yeah, you may be working and existing and the families going along and, and life is moving along best it can, but there's some lack of attunement there. And that lack of attunement is not letting the family operate, what, optimally? That's not... No, I, yeah, I, I, a cold word, but yeah, I hear what you mean. So then the question becomes if you're, let's say, the woman with five teenagers at the same time, I, I know that listeners are asking this question because I'm asking this question. You know, you're focused on survival, really. And so, how yeah. do you get out of survival mode and, you know, fight or flight and into that place where you can mm. seek attunement? Well, yeah, and that's, that's where she was when she came in. It was like um, something had flashed by and and she was left alone and, you know, it was, it, it's tough. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 for some people, the situation in a workplace is really stressful and you can barely stand it. And you, then you bring that stress home and you experience it within the family, right? It's going to get passed off. Of course. Un, un, unintentionally, but it will. And so if this is some of you out there, there's a good chance you are not in tune with yourself and expectations, right? Maybe somebody at work, you're not in tune with them. But if you're bringing it home, then you're probably not going to be in tune with your partner either, right? So it's kind of a double whammy here. It's easy to, to feel lost or hopeless. I get it. So there's another another piece to this attunement thing. And some people just, it's sad. They really just despise themselves, experiencing a lot of self-loathing and self-worth issues. And it's so hard. Well, and I would imagine, you know, when we've had these conversations, I think about, you know, that the connection and with teenagers and the things that, you know, when you talked about infants and 
you know, how infants need so little and that connection. And, you know, it's like, well, let me just answer my phone or let me look at this or let me look at that. You know, you feel like that ship has sailed. And so, you know, in addition to your already, um, you know, self-loathing, you're like, great. You know, now I'm not doing this. It's hard. Right. And it really compounds. And and if if you're like that out there, there's help. You can do it. But but a big part of this is you're not in tune with yourself. That attunement isn't there with your inner self. So the longer, you know, the longer we stay out of tune, right? Not finding this emotional connection with ourselves, with others. The bigger the odds are, right? The higher the odds become that you're going to get physically ill. Mm-hmm. It's out there. I mean, all types of autoimmune disorders are now being tied to stress and and lack of attunement and emotional connection. It comes from, right, stress. There's something missing personally in your life, in your ability, I guess that's not the right word, but to, to attune with yourself and others, and that's creating the stress. Mm-hmm. And if you live with that for years and years, that stress is what's, they're seeing this now in many studies, that it's um, a big part of some of these autoimmune disorders that are so hard to uh, treat and diagnose because it, it's, it's happening on a, a mental health level, I think. Oh, yeah. And it's and it's so it's so intense that it is spilling over into the physical. You know, we're we're the mental, the physical, the brain, the the body. It's all one holistic piece. And uh, your brain and your nervous system can only hold it together for so long until it's going to spill over into the physical body and, and until people can, you know, find the help or the attunement that helps them alleviate that stress. It's a huge, it's a huge piece. I know that, you know, anytime you read, especially at the beginning of any year when it's, you know, okay, it's, uh, I'm going to do this for my health or, you know, I'm going to do this. And you read these articles and they could be in anything from, you know, People Magazine to, you know, Forbes or Inc. or, you know, uh, medical journals and magazines. All of these tips about, you know, making change and the things that you need to do. And what's interesting is, yes, there's about there's things about habits and all of that. But the things that are always mentioned in there are the things that are like gratitude, mindfulness, being present. Yeah. Self-compassion, like J.D. has been talking about. I mean, it's huge. It is huge. And, you know, and you're right that this whole idea of attunement, you know, great. We now know what attunement is and, you know, literally being in tuned to, you know, with other people and to other people and their needs. Um, and but, with ourselves, right? And with ourselves. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you can't do that. I mean, it's it's the right. 
flight attendant thing. You know, put on your oxygen mask before you help others. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, you were headed right there. Yeah, so that's kind of the, the, the piece with this attunement, which we're calling emotional connection. It, um, reciprocal exchange of sensitivities and awareness. And reciprocal means mutual, back and forth. And um, that's a, that back and forth is missing from a bunch of us in um, when we're working with ourselves. We try to we try to carry on in life and keep going, but we haven't quite tuned in with really what's going on inside of us, and that requires this awareness, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where we, we were talking a week or so ago about that, and we're going to go on with that now. Is okay, so I get it. I need more attunement. I need to be attuned to myself, which will allow me to be attuned to others. And so tell me how to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the awareness piece. And that's kind of where we're going to go forward with this, kind of. No, that's where we're going to go forward with this is okay. finding the awareness so that um, we can find this attunement and emotional connection. It's totally doable. It's, it's totally doable. It does require a little bit of work, but this work can be done in a spirit of curiosity and exploration, adventure, right? It can. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the way I pursue it with people is, you know, it's, this isn't a job. This isn't a pain in the butt. This isn't (laughs) something I'm forced to do. This is, Hey, let's go find this. Let's make it part of our lives so that our lives and our family's lives and everybody else I'm in connect, connection with can all be attuned and, and, and find, find that, I don't know, peaceful bliss place, you know, that place where you know, we're about out of time, aren't we? We are. Well, you know, we're going to, we're going to start through discovering that awareness and, and we'll, we'll dive into that more next week. And, and your talk about change, too. Um, so, everyone. You can find uh, Greg at his uh, website, hypercounseling.com. You can also check out other episodes of the show on his uh, podcast on your preferred platform at, at The Root. And we're going to continue the conversation about connection. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, we are. So, remember, everybody, at the root of connection is awareness. So please stay aware out there. See yes, you next sir. Time. Bye.